Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Hot Pocket Podcast Show. Uh, joining you in the evening, at least when this is being recorded, uh, for something pretty fun, actually, for the first time uh, on the podcast. Uh, I've got my good friend, colleague, uh, Laser, or Nathan Finnessy, as he was born with the name. Uh, he is here with me. We are both uh, wine enthusiasts. We we're both chefs, but we've both also taken on the additional education of learning about wine and not just not just drinking or chugging it, depending on the night. Uh, so, Nathan, hey, how's it going? Oh, hello, Chase. It's going really well. I'm excited to uh, to drink some bubbly. Perfect. Yeah. This. So this was. I mean, Lisa, this was your idea. Do Do you want to just just start quick and say like what what you were. Uh, what your plan is, or if you don't have a plan, what, what we're doing here. Yeah, definitely no plan. It's only taken two months to, to get this going. Uh, I, yeah, I, I love wine, uh, kind of all sorts. I, in this pandemic have taken, taken it upon myself to learn a little more rather than just drink more, uh, which I've also been doing. Um, of course. And early, early on when, you decide you wanted to you thought of doing this podcast uh and you mentioned doing something with wine i said i was thinking the exact same thing um yeah pretty much right as you were saying it uh yeah so i just you know i i whoever we're talking to whoever whoever's out there listening uh i you know i'm hoping we can kind of explore simply uh different regions uh that produce wine different grapes different styles uh kind of the whole gambit in in no particular order um because it's cool and fascinating and a super broad and deep topic totally i i couldn't have said it i couldn't have said it the same exact way you did <laughs> no that's uh <laughs> that's that's perfect and that's that's why i'm so excited too right is neither neither of us are experts by by any means we're not psalms um you know uh, i've I've dated a few, uh, but that's as far as, as my Psalm education goes. But we, but again, we both have just, you know, uh, wine, wine Monday or wine Wednesdays, et cetera, dinners with wine themes. You know, if you, you can only improve your cooking if you understand what you're serving it with. And that's at least when, when I started getting into wine is, is these dinner parties, people would want wine. And at that point, you can kind of fake it and you can just say, okay, well, 90 points and above wine enthusiasts, like they're going to love it. Or people start asking more specific things. So just knowing more about that, you can really improve your cooking. You can help to balance out a meal or a menu, yeah. um, which is, which is extremely important nowadays, especially because everyone's an expert or they could be right. Just almost the way we did it. Just, just immerse yourself in it. Definitely. Buy a bunch of wine. You don't know you know, stick to it. My favorite thing is sticking to a price point and then stay there and explore every region you can until you hate that grape or that wine type or whatever, and, and then move on or up. And speaking of moving up, we're starting with what is or could be uh, some of the most expensive uh, wine you can buy out there. Uh, champagne. Uh, sparkling wine uh, yes, yes, can yes. definitely get up there in price, especially if you want the real good, buttery, delicious, toasty stuff. Um, so I guess as I'm opening 
my bottle of wine. Uh, I'll talk about it. Uh, so I'm, I'm in upstate New York currently uh, working remote. So I decided to take advantage of the fact that I'm only an hour, an hour and change away from the Finger Lakes. And if you've never been or heard the Finger Lakes uh, in, in upstate New York uh, are really special because of where they are. And, and for wine, that matters immensely. Uh, but they're able to produce some really, really good wines and specific types of wines um, and, and with with native with native grapes, which is which is awesome. Um, and there's probably a thousand wineries on each lake. It, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, so this is a uh, Lemaru Landing. Uh, Laser, have you been have you been to the Finger Lakes? I've never been up to the Finger Lakes. Sadly. Wow. Sadly. Wow. Cool. Okay, no, that's cool. That's cool. Though. It's a <laughs> completely different world. When you think upstate New York, uh, don't think of the Finger Lakes because it, it's a completely different <laughs> world. And, and and I always recommend, just because I'm from upstate New York, do not go during the busy season, uh, summers, vacations, holidays, because it is crazy. I was just up there last weekend, and it was a nice Saturday, nice-ish and it was slammed with people from the cities and, and all over. All the tastings for the mornings and afternoons were booked for the same day. It was it was already picking up. So you should get up you should get over there. You should get I know, there. I know. Yeah. I know. It's a hike. It's a hike for mass, but uh yeah. Love a good hike. Yeah. So Lamaru, this is on Seneca Lake, uh in the Finger Lakes. Um nine let me see if I get this right. So the third generation, uh, so they have, they, they know this land. They've always been on this land. Um, I sp- specifically love or chose uh, this vineyard because as I mentioned, you could choose any of them. Uh, there's so many. Um, because of the, f- the, the, the family that's associated with them and then also uh, the way they farm, they're able to produce really solid, champagne style sparkling wine okay and and what i mean from that is that uh, you know we can go into this a little bit or laser why don't you take over as i'm opening this this up um talking yeah, about why i didn't necessarily call this a champagne yeah for those who may not know of course would love to so yeah so champagne style uh is a method of making wine uh that was developed in the champagne region of france champagne is a region of france most uh, most French wines that you'll see are named after the region, not necessarily, not the grape. Um, and then there are a bunch of rules because France is really old that dictates what grapes are grown in what region. So if you hear Burgundy, that is a color and it's a region of France that grows uh, mostly Pinot Noir. That's the grape you'll be growing. Champagne yeah. is a region of wine, a region in France that uh, that produces champagne wine. If you go anywhere else in the world and you're drinking a sparkling wine, uh, it is not actual champagne. That was the nice hiss of. Yeah, sorry. Listen, I, 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 wow. I really wanted to wait to try to <laughs> this down, but, but this bottle was just, I mean, it, it was just screaming to open. It, re- it really was. Uh, so, so sorry, Laser, go on. No, no, no worries. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. Champagne style is it's I mean it's it's pretty intensive. Um, they they age the wines two times, once in a big barrel or bulk, um, 
and once in the bottle, um, they, they, after aging in the bottle, uh, they'll move it around slowly and like kind of invert the bottle, um, so that, uh, the, whatever remnants from the grapes, the yeast, uh, and, and any little bits gather at at the tip, at the, the tip of the, the, the bottle. Um, and that's, if it's done mechanically, it takes a few days. If it's done manually, it takes a few months. Um, and they will then freeze, uh, like cold, cold freeze the, uh, the tip of that pop the cap and they'll use like a beer cap, um, to expel their, the pressure in the bottle, uh, will expel this little chunk of frozen, um, stuff, uh, called lees. Um, and that's all like the, all the, the impurities, same as like a, uh, if you're clarifying a, a a consummate or something. Um, and then they'll, you'll quickly plug it up, uh, add a little bit more wine to finish it, uh, and then age it again. Um, but so this is, that's like the, the long and short of, uh, champagne method, method champenoise, um, which produces like an ultra clear, um, kind of like very, very pure sparkling wine. Um, and a lot of people, depending on the region, depending on where they are, will use that method, but it is not actually champagne wine because it does not come from champagne. It is champagne style. Right. So if you're out there, you're drinking whatever you might be drinking that's bubbly, uh, by all means, call a champagne, but be <laughs> warned, there could be, <laughs> there could be someone amongst you that corrects you. Uh, or you could, you could correct somebody, uh, you know, I don't know. It depends on how you are. Um, I'm in no yeah. mood. So, so yeah, Lemaru, uh, Andre, Andre is, is not champagne. Yes. That's yeah. I was actually, that's exactly the bottle I had in my mind. Yes. Yes. It is. It is not. And, and don't, don't drink that. There's, there's much, much better for, for cheap. Um, so Lemaru is, is again, method, method champenois, uh, which is super cool. It's, it's just great to see in the new worlds, uh, that method being, uh, used, uh, because it is it is it is very strict and and when you really get into to wines and tastings uh, you, you can tell um, you can definitely see so so that's why I chose them and then they're also a sustainable uh, winery uh, they use hundred percent solar power for all their energy needs um, and and it's just it's just beautiful again I went uh, obviously everything's dormant or dead as people would say and and it's windy and cold but just standing in the middle of the, the these vines so such old vines it, it was really it was really cool to see um so i'm going to be pouring a glass of this uh blanc de blanc uh chardonnay um so i guess on that uh before we get into what laser's drinking i don't think you mentioned this already and sorry if you did but for no. champagne, there's typically three. There's three main yeah. grapes uh, in, in the champagne region uh, used, and it, it's it could be Chardonnay, uh, which is what they use at Lemaru Landing. Uh, they have a lot of Chardonnay grapes, actually, but it could also be Pinot Noir or Pinot uh, Meunier as well. Um, those are the only two uh, red. Uh, red wine grapes in that region um, and that can also be used uh, in method champenois so I, I love Chardonnay uh, so 
I'll be pouring this. And Laser, what are you going to be uh, tasting alongside? Oh, alongside. Ooh, I can hear it. I can hear it all the way over here in Massachusetts. Um, that is nice. Yeah. That is so, nice. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a bottle of non-vintage, which means it was a blend of several years of harvests. Um, champagne Panier. Uh, I've never had this one. Um, it was about $27 at uh, Marty's, which is on the pretty low end of uh, low price point uh, for champagne. Hard to find something that's going to be lower than that. Like you can probably find something that's like maybe like 25 um, and it's, you know, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Probably, but there's no, you know, there are no guarantees. Um, I got it because it is the cheapest one there and I wanted to kind of keep the price point low. Um, not that I'm opposed to buying more expensive stuff, uh, but I, just for the sake of this, uh, I wanted something to be able to recommend that's lower in price. Of course. Um, and it was actually rated with a 91 point, uh, with 91 points from Wine Advocate, um, which people shouldn't necessarily go by other people's ratings because everything's subjective, but they are a good standard to go by. If something gets 91 points, you know, a bunch of people have probably liked it. That's like kind of generally totally. how I feel. Totally. About yeah. Those. Yeah. If you're looking at a label and you don't know what the words on that label mean, like if you, if you're one of those, you walk in and you could look at 50 bottles and, and get nothing from the label on any of those. Go, go by those ratings, right? Exactly like you said. Just just go by them. At least start there and then try to remember what's on the label. Figure out what's yeah. on it, what it means. Uh, just distinguish the, what, what grapes are in there and remember those things. And then that's where you start to, to develop your knowledge or, or at least your taste. So, you know, like, oh, well, I liked this and I had these three grapes in it. Maybe I'll try to find those two grapes, you know, uh, in, in a bottle and, and, it, and it goes on yeah. from there. And just develop breadth and depth and all sorts of things. So I'm going to try. And open nice. that without a sound. Uh, yeah, I don't know where my mic is on this. So hopefully we can hear this. Oh, yeah. Looks great. I'm excited. Good bubs. I can hear. I can hear the bubbles, and that's something too. Mm -hmm. You'll you'll find with, with with uh, because of that secondary fermentation, champagne has got some soup or should should have some super 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 bubbles. I mean, it yeah. should really you know if you if you're drinking in, I'm drink I'm 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 a little non traditional in this sense. I'm drinking <laughs> my wine in a standard wine uh, glass. Um, As am I. Yeah, which which. You know, whatever. Yeah. I, I like to smell. I, I even though champagne it can be really abrupt. I still like to smell a little bit more. So that's what I like the wider the wider rim. But if you had it in a flute glass, which someone uh, many would say you should, it will help to retain those bubbles. And you'll see through that long, tall glass. There's so many bubbles uh, in in that champagne. And again, that's just all that yeast that trapped and, and created all of that. Uh, carbonation and and that's how you can really tell with a nice wine so cheers cheers chin chin another thing too about champagne is that you'll you'll like the 
if you have a bottle of Andre, that is made like Coca-Cola. They infuse carbon dioxide yes. into probably a very lightly aged wine because it's pretty uh, it's pretty inexpensive. Uh, versus um, champagne, it's uh, the, all those all that all that the bubbles are, are produced by fermentation. So they're going to, they're going to have like, they're going to be more long lasting. You'll see it. Right. If you leave your champagne glass for, you know, 15 minutes, you'll still see bubbles rising from the top and it'll right. still be, it'll still pack a punch. Uh, yeah. That would be a flat bottle of-, of Andre. That would, that would be extremely flat. And yeah, that's, that's perfect. I mean, that's exactly how you, you could describe it. And this one, so let's let's just go through these. We're both sipping and smelling and all this stuff, and and yep. I know none of you are, so so we do somewhat somewhat apologize. Although no one's stopping you from opening a bottle of champagne right now, just so you know. Um, <laughs> but let's talk about this. So so we're 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 drinking some champagne. Uh, I I feel like already we're gonna have two extremely different experiences with the wines we're having. But but mine right off the bat, I just have to go. I mean, the nose is always something I go to first and then the taste but this is super high acid uh it's it's super what i'd call like a super excited uh slightly tart um it almost it almost makes you want to pucker or you know your cheeks a little bit but it but it's not there yet it's mellowed out just enough uh so this is definitely on the the higher acidity super lively bubble side but it has a nice floral uh nose to it hmm. uh which which i really appreciate and you can definitely get that with 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 uh the chardonnay grape but there's something really nice and floral in mine um and i, I would say it's it's definitely mild, mildly you know creamy and uh hmm. yeah nice and light what do you got going on mm. nose is like it's light floral so what i will say about this is it's a brute um which means it has uh more more of a sugar, more sugar content than maybe yours has. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. But it's also a blend of those three main grapes. It's not just white. Um, so it's definitely a little richer. Um, it's not as, Super. it's not as, uh, it's not as kind of crisp as you'll get from just like a, a reg, like a, a pure Chardonnay. Yeah. Um, no, is like a little flat, uh, not floral necessarily. Uh, okay kind of like it smells like it smells like like bruised green apple honestly cool like okay like like yeah like like the rotten spot that's like a little extra sweet but still like a but still like a like more of a a, a crisp fruit not like a you know a gala fuji honey crisp yeah yeah we're on the same level with that this is this is totally totally granny smith Um, it's just that freshness. I mean, again, it's still got this little bit, well, so just, just on the nose there. Yeah, I would say that. And then one other thing that, that, and this is going to sound nerdy and by all means it is not, but, (laughs) but there's a little bit of a must to it in the nose as well. Like in a, uh, in a, in a good must way, which I know most people wouldn't assume that, but, but almost like, almost even like a, a really dried rubber or something of that sort, super faint. Uh, but it's there layered with that, that, that green, fresh apple and a, a little bit, well, this is more than a little bit. This is very floral, which I, which I love. And then finishing with this little bit of creaminess, mm-hmm. uh, is, is awesome. And again, the, 
so this this wine uh 2014 vintage blanc de blanc uh was uh four years spent on the lease so that's definitely going to help round out any anyone right so that's 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 bringing mm-hmm. on that toasted bread creaminess that people always kind of mention when they talk about a really nice champagne it, it's going to have those and that's that's the benefit of that that secondary fermentation as well uh it really does help to create that that crazy just just being able to layer right that the acidity just those three if you know nothing yeah. about wine just just think of acid just think of toasted bread and then just just think of creaminess mm-hmm. just being able to layer those three things in cooking that's the dream that's like the yeah. ultimate right salt fat acid heat but but to do that in a wine and and make it like work well right balanced well that that's that's the art yeah and and it's so amazing when when you know these little things and then try it and think about that it's it, it's super great and especially again with these i mean not to say that a single single vintage single varietal which is what you're drinking mm-hmm. Wine is easy. A blank to blank to blank from 2014 is is easy. It's not easy at all. But also to right. to to go ahead because you know like so mine is a blend. When they're blending these wines, they have no idea how it's going to taste four years down the line. Or they do. Some of them do. That's what experts have. But when they're tasting this grape juice, which is you know, yeah, only gone through the first fermentation, and they're figuring out what they're going to blend and say, okay, this is the this is the the end goal it still has a ways to go. It's still like super high in tannins and acid and like, and, and all these things that kind of have to mellow out again as they ferment for two, three, four more years, whatever it may be. So these guys, you know, whoever's doing this has like, has the palate dialed in to say this tastes weird, but in four years, it's going to taste unbelievable. Yeah. It's amazing. Right. It's, it's almost like when we predict, like braises, like braising short ribs, like it's hard as yeah. a rock kind of when it starts. Yeah. And then, you know, and like, okay, well, look, depending on you're cooking it in four to 12 hours or whatever you're deciding to do, it's going to be tender and fall apart. We just have that intuition and, and they have the same or they've developed the same where they know in the taste, like it's got to taste like this or right. have these qualities or whatever right. they might think. And then they know, okay, well, instead of hours, they're dealing with years um, at the very minimum months uh so that's fascinating yeah i i actually really i love acid in general and this is like <laughs> right yeah this is right up my alley super taste this is the first time i'm drinking this as well um i have had their chardonnay before just they're still chardonnay mm-hmm. um probably four or five years ago and i remember that being great as well like re- just again really nice um accessibility i wanted to do local but I didn't touch on uh, price point uh, except for the the beginning when I, I I gloomed over all of you that it's some of the most expensive uh, wines you can buy and should <laughs> uh, definitely for special occasions should. Um, but this was not so this was forty five dollars for the bottle, so this was forty five, which is up there. It's it's up there, right? So. I decided I rationalized it because I, you know, it's, it's local. It's very local to me, even mass. It's not far at all. Um, you know, so, so, so I'm willing to pay for that. The sustainability, uh, that, that they incorporate throughout their business as well. I'm, I'm willing 
to help with that, as I say, by, by spending the five or 10 extra dollars. But, but I would totally say worth it. Um, at that, at that price point, the way this is tasting, I, I would say worth it. Uh, would, I, would I buy this on a regular basis at this price point? No, I would drink this every morning, hands down. Uh, it's, it's acid bomb. <laughs> it's nice. It's mellow every morning. Skip the OJ. Um, so, but for that price point, this is not, this is something I would, I would have every quarter, maybe every, you know, twice a year or something like that. Nothing. Yeah. You know, cause, cause of the price point. And unfortunately it just comes down to that. It's what you can do and afford. And then for some people, 45 for a, a nice, for a bottle of champagne could, could be on their very low end. You know, it, yeah. it all depends. Definitely. Uh, yeah. The, I mean, the price variance as well within champagne yeah. is huge. Is Why? enormous. However you want to uh, see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because there are, you know, depending. So like, you know, uh, the wine, that, the wine that you're drinking is more like a, in, in France, like a grower champagne, someone who's, who's, right. who's growing, harvesting and fermenting their grapes and bottling their grapes versus the one that I bought is a larger house. They're like, you know, the same as like Vouv Clicquot and, and Krug and, and Mum right. and, Big names. You know, a bunch of other. Those are big names. They do not grow their own grapes. They buy from other people. They right. produce something like this, lower end, that is, you know, it's it's not I don't want to say it's like a Bud Light, but it is it has a very acceptable flavor and it it is it is, you know, they kind of they get a bunch of grapes. They're all different kind of they're they're they were some were grown in the heat and they're too 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 ripe. Some are grown in the cold and are are are, are very tart and and you know all sorts of different things. They they balance it out and they produce a wholly good champagne that's like fine. Yeah. And then they yeah. have and then and that's cheaper. And then they have more expensive things. Um, I lost my point, but yeah. So you're so but so what chases do it chases part of the is, cost? Yeah. 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 Is 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 you know a much smaller produced and like there's more labor there's more labor per bottle uh, attached to that versus you can find cheaper non non champagne uh, sparkling wines and cheaper champagnes out there because there is kind of less labor attached to each individual bottle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and thanks, thank you for bringing that up. That's a major point too. Is like this is a small operation, right? So there, there are 112, 120 acres, I think. Um, when I was up there, the woman I spoke to mentioned um, it's separated into twenty different uh, vineyard blocks, and what's what's nice and and why they can produce what they produce is is they're they're on. Uh, silt loam and and natural loam soils so like which are gravelly so so for those of you who don't know this gets into the farming side of it which is another huge part of winemaking right you can't just pop wine up anywhere you can't make wine anywhere you can't grow grapes anywhere i should say so keep that in mind too but but that's amazing for drainage, you know, for, for integrating, you know, the soil is also the flavor and the soil is also the, the, um, the smell, the scent. So, so all those things come from the soil as well, just like with food, uh, food. So you're right. The cost is also paying for that. They're, they're, they're growing, they're making, they're bottling, they're marketing, they're doing mm-hmm. tasting. I mean, that is 
that's a huge, huge job. Uh, yeah. For and and it's great that they've been three generations. So, so that's something to note too. If you're ever wondering why smaller vineyards or, or some bottles that are extremely limited actually have like the bottle number of however many they produce that year, yeah, you're, you're gonna pay extra for that reason. For that reason, there it's it's just so much harder, and it it's it's much less cost effective to do it this way. Right, because it, there's there's no people to do each section, and then it all comes together in one place, and then comes together, and here you have you have one. Right, they're doing everything, so so growing yeah. has one complete separate entity that's X amount, and then there's a mark. So it's it's amazing when you see that, and when you see bottles like that, or if you know of things that are local, and and look like sometimes it's not going to be the best stuff either, right? Like sometimes the smaller stuff that that a lot of people are seeking now. And I, I think Lazy, you can definitely touch on this because we've talked about this a lot too, but it may not, it, it, it's also a gamble at the same time. A hundred percent. Because they don't necessarily know. They know it's going to be good. They know they have an idea maybe, but, but if they haven't been there for half a generation, a generation, like they, they won't know what it's supposed to be or, or what it, it could potentially be. No, it is. It's, I mean, I, no, I think getting just, yeah, on price, it is, it is more of a gamble to go, especially if you know less, to go with something you've never heard of that maybe someone's suggested, but you still don't know, versus right. going with Vouv Clicquot is, uh, depending on where you get it, is a 45 to $65 bottle of champagne, which right. is expensive, but right. also, it's a big enough label that you know it's going to be good, you know. It's, and it is, and, and it, it is good, good. And, and it's, it's good. Yeah, um, you know, definitely, honestly, probably better, better than what I'm drinking right now, which I like. Uh, and I would say, I wouldn't buy this again. Uh, I think it's fine. It's like kind of like mm-hmm. a little lackluster. Um, okay. And I feel like for I could get something better for that price which maybe would not be from champagne, which is something else we can go into again. Right. Uh, right. Uh, from another region of France, which I've been, I've been kind of Chase and I both like a lot of uh, other grape varietals uh, that are made into sparkling wines right. in this method. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was a good wine. Uh, so, you know, ultimately I think uh, price should not be an indicator of, of quality. It's not, um, but right. definitely, as we were saying before, following, you know, labels that you know, maybe grapes that you know, um, following the rating system to a degree, although it's always subjective. Um, but also, you know, if, if you have a wine shop that you go to, talking to that person and getting their personal opinion on on wines that they're really excited about, um, I think is is another key thing that really got me uh, uh, going in, into wine. Yeah. Yeah. And go to the tastings. My God, most of them are free. Like, come mm-hmm. on. Like they yeah. start at four, four thirty, like perfect, you know, skip out of work half hour early, whatever you need to do, get there. But that's when you get to, you, you can usually not only talk to uh, the staff more easily because they're not maybe as busy in the shop or they're tasting alongside, uh, but usually someone 
associated with that product is going to be there, whether that is uh, the salesperson, the distributor of some sort, or maybe even if you go to the right shops, someone from the winery. And then that's when you get a really unique experience when you when you can go in and do that. I've had a couple great wine tastings uh, in Boston. So, so uh, you know, Wine Bodega used to carry some really cool ones. I'm talking probably eight, nine yep. years ago now in the basement. <laughs> Scary, but like awesome. Super small production stuff. Um, really weird stuff I'd never even thought. I, w- I would walk past a million times, even if someone said it was great, but you, you, you find new things and, and you find out what you like and don't like, and it's fine not to like something in a wine as, as you were just saying, like, so like you probably like, this isn't your best, it's not your favorite, but each wine can definitely, it, it's got something to it, right? It, it's still special in that it's, it's, it's wine knowing how wine's made. And yeah. for me, especially I, I don't feel defeated if I ever buy a, bottle of wine and in a night or two that bottle's gone because i'm not someone who's just gonna drink garbage i I just won't uh you know i'll cook with it or something but but that also tells me like yeah maybe it wasn't my favorite but there was something about it and maybe it was whatever i ate with it right and that's the other thing too some of the heavier wines i find like maybe i won't love unless i'm eating something with it and that's another again whole whole tangent but that's there's certain wines that are, are very drinkable on their own and there's certain that are not. I would argue that a majority of the time, champagne is is a hundred percent. It can stand alone. It it holds its ground because there's so much complexity and layers to it. But at the same time, and we can go right into what we should go into next is some wines require food, or they do better with food or along food with food. So pairings. Where where would yeah. you go with your wine and pairings, Laser? How would you? Let's talk specifically with the wines we're, we're drinking now, and then maybe we could go, we could kind of touch a little vaguely, but let's see where we go with this. Where would you, uh, how would you pair, how would you pair that? Um, you know, in general, I think people think of champagne as like an aperitif and it's like, it's good, like yeah. beginning, beginning with, with beginning the meal. I think it goes well. It, you, it can go well with almost anything, maybe not like the heaviest, like T-bone steak, but right you can find would, you can like champagne can like yeah it wouldn't be bad like i would drink a <laughs> bottle of champagne and eat some steak um yeah. this one you know it's it's definitely on the it's like on the sweeter richer side but it's still like fairly non-complex i guess um yep. so i would say like raw seafood like a raw bar kind of like it's 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 crisp enough and it's fresh enough and it's it's not like like if you get into a hundred percent Pinot Noir or a hundred percent Pinot Meunier, it's it's gonna be a lot richer, a lot nuttier. Right. Um, it's gonna have like 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 weird hazelnuts and like this roasty effect. Oh, yeah. and Acorns all this and oh yeah. 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 And that's when you get into like, I want this with like a roast chicken with like whatever, a foie gras sauce or something like that. Yep. You want something like yep. like heavier because it's still going to have that acid to cut through all the richness but at the same time it's going to hold up to something heavier this one i think it would like hold up to a chicken salad sandwich but otherwise like you know (laughs) right (laughs) uh like i would say like eat a dozen oysters with this bottle and like follow it up with you know whatever uh yeah some crap some crab legs or some lobster or something you know yep um 
Yeah. Keep it seafood. Keep it lean. Yeah. 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 Raw bar. That sounds great right now, to be honest. Yeah. And I imagine, I mean, I'm not, again, like this is, it's not, this isn't ideal because we're not tasting the same wines, uh, which hopefully eventually we will be. Um, We should be. But uh, I imagine it's, you know, similar to yours. Like it's like the flavors might not be the same, but yours is like higher acid, lighter, crisper. Yep. You're not yep. going to you're not going to go for the the pork loin. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go for the the old classic fried chicken sandwich and a bottle <laughs> of champagne. That's just on Sundays usually for me. Sometimes Oof. Mondays. Oh no. Uh, no. <laughs> I could go for that right now, but this is not neither of ours I, I don't think. It wouldn't do it justice. Um Yeah. No, yeah, spot on. This I tasted it usually food is the first thing I try to think about when I when I taste the wine or it just naturally happens. Um seafood for sure you know some of the hardier seafoods even like lobster you know crustaceans stuff like that can definitely if you if you were to grill grilled lobster or something like that with this would be would be awesome because it's basically you're 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 kind of giving the wine what it doesn't have in that sense with another medium which is the lobster tail grilled um but yeah give me give me a, a dozen or two oysters some raw clams like raw clams in this honestly that would be that would be my yeah. jam. Little next in this, I think, Definitely. would be phenomenal because oysters can change so much yeah. depending on where you have them. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Some sweet little necks. Yeah, and then maybe even like a you know a cold foie gras or something. I thought about with this, like a terrine mm-hmm. could go kind of well um, mm-hmm. as long as it was again on you know because that's light in nature. You've got some foie flavor in it, so that's going to go. But if it, if it, if you were to incorporate some sort of cooked or baked apple into that dish with foie and then this i think it would be great because for this wine basically and this this we could touch on too and maybe you just touch on the opposite of what i'm touching on but with food pairings and wine is you can either you can try to complement or you you can basically try to just go complete polar opposites um so so for mine what i'm actually trying to do with food is is i think this wine i'm trying to literally replace what it doesn't necessarily have right mm. now. What it has now is it's got very little sugar content. Yeah. Uh, it's got high acid. Um, it's got nice floral fla- uh, taste, but it's, but it's light on uh, drinking as well. So for that, mm. I'm going to try to find something to fill the gaps in because if you just right, that's just like eating, uh, you know, a, a lemon with salt on it. Like that wouldn't be great. <laughs> it's not bad, but it wouldn't be great. Right. right? But but it, but add a little bit of water to that, and maybe a little bit of sugar to that, and then maybe a little, and and suddenly it's great, right? That's lemonade. Right. So I'm doing that with my wine, which I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm basically trying to find the opposite qualities that this doesn't have, and I I think that would work best. And there is another way you can do it, and and laser, if you want to touch on that, but but you can you can try to actually find similarities in the food right. and the right. wine. Is that right? Yeah, and I you know. It's it, that's interesting because I've I've it always frustrated me when someone tried to pair something and say oh well this is sweet therefore you should have it with something sweet uh, mm, right I, yeah it I I always I always kind of appreciate finding the contrasts more and seeing mm-hmm. if they and seeing if they mesh um, same so yeah so you say oh like I'll have Calvados with an apple dessert. That's just like, you know, it's like apple on apple. Or even right. if you say I taste apple in the champagne, I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to serve this with like 
exactly on Apple. Like that's, you know, it's redundant. Um, so yeah, I, you know, that is a, that is like a kind of a class that is a trend that people, that people follow. And it, I mean, it's not just not like, not trendy, but you know, that is kind of a way to pair food. Um, and it works, but I definitely also appreciate finding like putting a spicy wine with something really fatty or putting an acidic wine yeah. with something really fatty or creamy uh, or putting a sweet wine with something that's like got like a lot more salinity to it. So like mine, yeah. which is a little sweeter, would definitely go well. Like I, I think across the board with oysters because uh, yeah. either oysters are lighter or they're like very briny, but they're still like they're not going to be like, you know. They're not going to be sweet like little necks. They're right. not going to. Right. Not, so, you know, that's what that's what like the first thing I think of with this one, because it's like that's the contrast is like ocean salinity, briny. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, I you know, I think we covered most of it. I actually want to end this by asking you and I think, you know, we can we can talk about this later, but we should continue every everyone like this. But we covered um, none, we covered none of it, but still we, we covered, covered none. We but covered all. something. None and so, yeah, we covered something that you may listen to, uh, or you've turned off twenty two minutes ago. But um, what's your what's your go to what's your go to champagne uh, pairing? Like if if you if you were to eat X, it would make you say, "I want champagne." Do you have a go to food event, special occasion, day of the week? whatever it might be or so uh that's hard that's hard and easy i i i do like drinking champagne by itself uh i like i like i like trying to drink all wine by itself um no i would say i would say the same like not out of any like serious philosophy but i like i generally just find myself saying i will have a glass of wine uh and not trying to pair it with something which like might make it better and but on all accounts and with my skill would probably make it like just the same or worse. Um, <laughs> that being said, when you said grilled lobster, my God, grilled mm-hmm. lobster is mm-hmm. amazing. Like grilled lobster with like lemon and olive oil and like, forget about it. I, that I would say is a hundred percent like my champagne thing or like a crab sandwich, like a, like, Ooh, yeah, like crab salad, like a, like, you know, a good crab salad, real crab. That would be a, I would do that. That'd be a in, delight. Oh, in the park, yeah. in the park, one p.m. You know, hands down. Throw it on a hot dog <laughs> roll. Call it a day. Yeah. Bottle of champagne. That's it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And 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 yeah, for <laughs> me, it, I, you know, again, yeah, I I asked a question and and I did it purposely because I didn't want to answer or say it <laughs> first. But <laughs> it is a hard and easy question at the same time. Um, you know, it it, it really does it it for me it it's always usually seafood. So if I'm going to a lobster bake or, you know, something of that sort, uh, clam shack, whatever it might be, everyone's getting Corona and limes or whatever. Like I'm, I'm bringing a bottle of champagne. Like that's just, that's just what I want. If I'm having that stuff, it's light. I'm not going to get filled up off what I'm eating because it's all raw bars. So I can take the bubbles and, yeah, I have. I usually have a much better time than those drinking beer too. So, uh, I would say that. And then fried chicken is is the other thing. Honestly, people yeah. talk about it a lot. Fried chicken with with the right champagne is is just unbelievable. Um, yeah. So if you ever get the chance to do point. that, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just good. I'm a sandwich guy, so I'll go fried chicken sandwich. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just tasty. The fattiness that that combines with some just absolute delicious toasted creamy nuttiness in a glass. Can't I will it. also say, you know, ruminating on this a little more, this mm-hmm. champagne isn't totally not a Corona with lime. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got like. Mm-hmm. It's got the good fizz. It's like a little sweet. Uh, it's a little acidic. Um, it's it's you know it's perfectly balanced. It's kind of like like you know this is a, a, a entry level champagne, and that is like what you're. I feel like that's like generally what you're looking for in an entry level champagne is like the Corona, the Corona with lime of wines. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. To- totally. And and there's nothing wrong with that either i mean there's you know if if you're not if you're yeah if you're if you're not someone who likes you you know part of wine you have to also be adventurous with your tastes and and if you're not that person that's okay that doesn't mean you you have to stay away from from wine by any means like what buy the vooves and moets and 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 what and hide sex and 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 you're gonna be fine you're gonna love them you're gonna you're gonna be happy they're gonna be tasty um, but part of wine is definitely diving into the unknown because you pick up the bottle and you have no idea what's going to happen as soon as you pop the cork, but that's, what's exciting at the same time. Uh, today, yep. you know, neither one of us knew what we were getting into just discovering it as we were going. And that was exciting. That's just, that's just part of the excitement to see what you can pull out, see what you like and dislike. And remember your likes are different than others. So... If you don't like a wine, you know, I, I never like when someone says like, oh, that wine's not good. Well, <laughs> that it's not good, right? It's it's made well, hopefully, uh, you know, unless we're talking about like Gallo Brothers or Red Cat or something like that, in which case <laughs> stay off this this podcast for a little bit. But, um, you know, those are those are just those are just bad. That is it's just sugar. It's it's grape juice, but, um, you know, to that point, um, we all have different tastes. So, so we, laser and I could, could buy really expensive bottles of wine and there's a chance I might not like one of them. There's a chance he's not going to like one of them, but that doesn't mean it's bad. It's just, it's not up to my taste. It's not what I want. It's not what I'm looking for in a wine and that's okay. So be adventurous try wines, talk to the people behind the desk at wine shops. That's why they're there. Um, but talk to them, tell them, you can tell them anything. Usually, uh, you know, I'm going to name drop real quick, the urban grape wine shop, Boston. If you're ever there or if you're in the area, haven't been there, check them out. TJ's awesome. Uh, talk about wines that are not mainstream. Uh, that's where you go. Still at a good price range he's got a really nice price range um and everyone there is super knowledgeable so you can go in and give them a name brand that you love and they'll be able to find you multiple bottles that they'll spread out for you so find a shop like that and and explore um i think that's the best way to go about it to be honest yeah 100 percent. that's how i got into uh that's yeah. That's what I did. I went to the 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 wine bottega. I went to streetcar and Jamaica Plain, and I said, you know, tell me what you're no. tell me what you're excited about. And they said, great, no. love it. So that was our talk. 
Guys, thanks for joining. Uh, we still don't really know what this is, but we're doing it. Um, if you're along for the ride, please tune in. Uh, we're just going to be trying different wines, uh, hopefully educating some of those who are uh, not as educated as the others. Uh, for those of you who are educated more, please forgive everything we're saying. Uh, no, but we're just here to have fun. Drink some wine, talk about the wine, and talk a little bit about what we know about wine. Uh, and we'd love to hear from anybody listening too. If you have suggestions, uh, if you want to add to the conversation, uh, whatever whatever it might be, please feel free to reach out to either Nathan or I uh, as we expand the show, and and we start to talk about wines from from all over the world. So, Laser, thanks thanks for uh, joining on this bonanza. And, oh yeah. Uh, Splurgeon, I, I know I, I really had to twist your arm to drink some wine on a Thursday evening, but but I appreciate the uh, the effort you put into it. It was hard, uh, but <laughs> you know I made it. I made it through, That's and I'll do hear. it again. That's good to hear. So, guys, stay tuned. We will be coming out with more unless we get shut off. Uh, but we're here for our wine Wednesdays. Uh, Laser and I will be exploring some wines, talking about that, and and. Uh, hopefully educating you guys a little bit. So thanks again, Laser. Thanks a lot. Bye.